Hi, I'm Kevin Cookingham, and I'm running for the 16th Congressional District right here in Central California. Uh, every week I do a bit of a podcast where we either uh, do just a verbal podcast or a verbal and visual podcast. But today I want to speak a little bit about uh, a topic that's uh, kind of a hot topic right now in the Valley, and that is Emmanuel opening up their school and uh, being taken to court actually today uh, in Fresno by Fresno County. They're suing the school uh, and they want them shut down. And so I thought I'd talk a little bit about that by starting off with a story. When I was with Clovis Unified, I was uh, an administrator for many, many years. And much of what I did as an administrator is I did investigations. Now, I'm not talking about murder investigations, but I'm talking about investigations, you know, who started the fight? Did somebody call somebody a bad name? You know, did somebody cheat in the classroom? Uh, you know, things like that. And uh, so I did, uh, oh, probably thousands of investigations. And one of the first things I learned in an investigation is if a story is told to me that doesn't make sense, there's a reason for it. So, for instance, at, at Clovis High, I dealt with nothing but discipline. In fact, I was in charge of all the discipline for Clovis High School for five years. And if I called in somebody and I said, look, uh, we've got to check your pocket. We heard that there is marijuana in your front right pocket. And uh, we check it out, of course, and there was a baggie of marijuana in there. And they would say to me, well, uh, these aren't my pants. Then I go, really? Well, whose are they? Well, I got them out of Lost and Found today. I thought they were my pants. And so I realized that if they said something like that, and believe me, this, this, this kind of thing happened all the time, I realized I had to get in more detail to get to the truth. So I'd say, really, uh, what Lost and Found did you find them in? And, oh, you mean there's more than one? Oh, yeah, well, uh, the, the main office. Oh, really, who did you speak to at the main office? Well, just some, some lady. Okay, uh, we'll walk over there right now and find out that, who that. Well, she's probably not there now. You know, and then, uh, well, I just grabbed them out of there and put them on. They look like, you know, and the more detail you get, the more you can find out if they're lying or telling the truth. So, again, if something doesn't make sense, you keep asking more and more questions, and you box the person in to where, finally, I had so many students. I got so good at this after that many years, I'd finally have students go, yeah, Mr. Cookingham, look, yeah, they're mine. I brought it. I'm sorry. You know. I know I'm in trouble. And uh, that's an important thing to do throughout our lives in a lot of things. So keeping that story in mind, one of the things that we've heard from this governor is we're following the science. We're following the science as far as school closures. So just the day before yesterday, I did some research on that. And the first thing I did is study other countries around the world where the schools are opening and is it having a major impact. So I looked at Denmark. I looked at Sweden, I looked at Finland, and I looked at Taiwan, for instance. And I found out that these schools are opening and they're not having issues. They're not having major issues with an increase in COVID. And by the way, I would just say this, it's not whether there's an increase in COVID, is, is there an increase in uh, serious complications from COVID or death from COVID? That's a key thing. I spoke to somebody the other day and they said, what if I send my kid to school and they get COVID? I said, they may but they're, they're not going to die. The odds are, are totally against them dying. And so um, this is what we have to check out when Governor Newsom says, I'm following the science. I want to know what science. So locally, Emmanuel has opened up their school and they're being sued. So I looked up, as I mentioned, other countries around the world, they're having no issues. I, watch, I actually watched a video on how Taiwan deals with students. They put a, a thing to their head to check their temperature when they first get there. Then they put some squirt 
disinfectant on their hands, and then they actually walk onto a mat that disinfects their shoes, and then they go into the classroom. Now, they didn't socially distance. About half the students had masks on, half didn't. And then they had, I don't know if you remember the science boards, they had like a three-sided board that was made out of cardboard around their desk. So they didn't socially distance. About half had masks on, but they did disinfect, and they did check for temperatures. And they're having no issues whatsoever. So the next thing I did is I looked at the stats of death rates among children, and I compared influenza, the flu, with COVID. Now, overall, COVID is more deadly than the flu. We know that. But what about with students? So I looked it up, and I actually uh, made a copy, a screen print of this, and I'm going to read this to you. For this analysis, we averaged the death tolls from influenza and, and pneumonia from 2007 to 2017 from the CDC's National Center for Health and Statistics. And it took all these people and averaged it and it came out to about 60,000 people a year die of influenza. Then it said this, based on this analysis, what is striking, that's a good keyword, what is striking is that those under the age of 25 are significantly lower risk of death from COVID-19 than the flu. Lower death, 25 and under, significantly they die more of the flu than COVID. Under our assumptions, for example, school-aged children ages 5 to 14 have a 1 in 200,000 chance of dying from the flu, from influenza. So children 5 to 14, 1 in 200,000 chance of dying from the flu. But dying from COVID, it's 1 in 1.5 million. That means our school children have seven and a half times more chance of dying from the flu than COVID. This is from the CDC. So countries are opening their schools all around the world. Number two, from the CDC itself in their statistics department, you are seven and a half times, if you're school age, I said five to 14, and significantly lower, 25 and under, you're seven and a half times more likely to die, your child to die of the flu than COVID. So the question is, why aren't we opening up our schools? Why aren't we opening up our schools? So there's two things we look at. Number one, how we open up the schools most successfully. But number two, how do we protect the people at our schools that are at risk? There are some children that have pre-existing conditions. They need to be protected. There are some teachers and some support staff that need to be protected as well because they have, they have pre-existing conditions. So protect them. Support them, support their health, but get the students back in school. The other thing that you should study is what is happening to children 18 and under with their mental health. Many of them are going through depression. Suicidal ideations have skyrocketed. Uh, uh, having uh, many kinds of uh, emotional disorders, uh, such as anxiety, major anxiety, have skyrocketed. These are things that are consequences of the entire. Uh, COVID issue. So I would just say this. Uh, it's important that we get these students back in school. Follow the science, though. And when our governor and when other politicians say they're following science, let's start questioning that science. Well, what science are you following? What studies have you followed? Well, how does that compare to this study from the CDC? Why is it that we're holding kids out of school uh, be, when, they're, when the odds of dying of flu are so much greater than COVID. These are the kind of questions we need to be asking because our kids need to be in school. Leave it up to the parents. 
In Clovis Unified, they put a survey out to parents. I believe it was around 80% said, we want our kids back in. About 20% said, no, we want them doing online education. Let them decide. Put the 80% back in school, and if parents want to keep the other 20% out, let them do so. It's their decision. The, the, the last thing I would say about this is Emmanuel is a Christian school. And the, the First Amendment is very clear about religion. They're a religious school, and that religion, that Christian religion, is the foundation of their faith and their educational system there. They have a wonderful education system. And it's very clear that religion shall not be infringed upon. They're infringing upon their religious beliefs when they do this. And since when does a county health official or a state government, governor take precedence and authority and power over the Constitution of the United States? So my opinion on this, after being in education for 25 years, would I put my kids back in school? Absolutely 100%. Is the science behind this? Yes. Is the Constitution behind this as far as religious schools? Absolutely. So ask questions, challenge their beliefs, and say, show me the science. And if it doesn't make sense, there's a reason. I'm Kevin Cookingham. I'm running for the 16th Congressional District. Have a great day.